Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. And what you're about to hear is one of the roughly 1,400 interviews I did for all major media outlets in Ireland. How do I know there are roughly 1,400? Because I recently digitized all the damn tapes myself. But do remember, many of the interviews were done for the print media and recorded on cassette tapes. So some are, let's say, sonically challenged. However, I happen to believe that sonic consideration should at times give way to historical significance. And even though one power that be in RTE Radio 1 agreed with me on this, which led to me broadcasting between the years 2015 and 2018, a radio series called the Joe Jackson Tapes Revisited, another roundly rejected the notion and pulled, for example, a program I made based on what many people still see as a truly historical interview I did with Eamon Dunphy in 1996. It certainly was one of a kind, and I'm not saying that. Dunphy himself did four years later when we did a second interview, and he compared the first to being like being put in the psychiatrist's chair in the style of the interviews Anthony Clare once did on radio. Eamon also said... He'd never do such an interview again, and didn't, even with me, the second time around. Either way, both interviews are in my ebook, Conversations with a Loudmouth, the Eamon Dumphy Tapes. And the title is a tease, in a sense, because I always wanted to set up the man's public image at first and then subvert it. The truth is that Dumphy's loudmouth pose is nothing more than that a pose on his behalf. A protective shield. I believe Amo carries to hide, among other things, a crippling shyness that lingers to whatever degree ever since his teenage years. In this podcast, I want to play the part of our conversation in 1996 where we focused on that very subject, specifically as it related to Amo's earliest sexual liaisons. But the side issues we discussed were equally fascinating. By the way, Conversations with a Loudmouth is available from all ebook outlets. And if you want to access my tapes for personal or professional use, contact me via my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. Well, I was, a, I was a very shy person. Very shy. Blush and all that, you know. I was just okay, very shy. No, my mother's shy. Right. And um, I was shy. I am shy, actually. I'm a shy person. Right. Um, obviously, it's well concealed now by yeah. the, the social cosmetics. Um, but fundamentally, um, I am, and certainly as a youngster, I'm small and timid. But it's not shyness that's rooted in any sense of inferiority. Let's get that out of the way. I don't know. I, um, I mean, I'm trying to post rationalize for you now. To say, I'm trying to, try to look back. No, I was shy because I we came from a small family. Right. So I, I shy with girls, shy yeah. with strangers. You were shy with girls? Oh yeah, shy with strangers, no chance. <laughs> that 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 was like until I was um, forty. Forty, yeah, <laughs> maybe still, you know. But um, no, but is that true? Those four hours into the cinema, I mean, with with the local girlfriends and all that, were you really kind of I was outside all that? I was hopeless. So yeah, it's like terrible was actually getting the nerve to. Oh yeah, yeah, and girls knew it. And yeah, it's a funny thing. I mean, I was hopeless. I couldn't. Couldn't get to first base. Did you get to any base? I couldn't get to any base, really, no. I mean... They, I, they identified your, your shyness and fear and all that terror. Yeah. No, they identified... I think they identified my, my shyness, my powerlessness, my lack of um, 
uh, what would you call it? Uh, Absorption of the courting rituals. No, I mean, I was quite, I was as eager to learn as everyone else, but I think women have a good sense of powerlessness in a person. And I was in that, I was powerless. Could it be the women on that road? Your general area? There were many, we didn't see many girls, you know. All right. It was very much a boys together sort of thing. Right. The were the girls were in the different Give me the pictures. When you go to the pictures, there'll be well. You go to pictures. We didn't. See, I left when I was fifteen, so I never went oh, through actually, all that. Yeah, that's true. And I was only. There were only. It was only beginning then. The sort of boys and girls thing at dances and that. So. All right. The the odd sort of th- grope in the picture house. Owen Hand and I once groped the same girl in the pictures. At the same time. At the same time. Yeah. Whose hand was on the outside? Well, he was with he was he was with her in oh, the yeah, front ratchet. in front of me, and I was in the back. See, yeah, it's, it's a terrible thing. I love her. I know her too. Oh, so did that not? Now, I don't know her now, but I, I mean, I know her story. And so, when you went over to England, uh, did you carry those feelings with you, or did you get rid of them yeah. because you'd uh, you'd achieved no achieved by progressing? No, I was still a very shy uh, person, um, but. Manchester in 1960 was the rock and roll years, you know, and like I plunged in. Right in 1960? Oh, yeah. All oh, right. Big the Teddy Boy era. Was no, it was, was after it? the Teddy Boy era. It was after the Teddy Boy era. It was just when the Beatles, just I saw the Beatles. The Beatles, yeah, the Beatles were playing in Manchester when we were there in 1960. Yeah, I saw them playing in a club, Jimmy Savile called The Three Coins. In 1960? Yeah. All oh, right. I'll tell you who I saw Wayne Fontana and the Mind Banders, Betty and the Dreamers. The Hollies, not the Hollies, were huge, um, in the like in the local scene. Right, Hermans, Hermits a bit later on, they came afterwards. Yeah, uh, around 63, 64. Yeah, um, they used to play. We used to go to Plaza in Oxford Road, and Hollies were the band at lunchtime. Herman, right. uh, rather Herman and the Hermits. Right. Um, but Jimmy Savile had a club there, and it was happening. It was a breaking scene right. there, right. and obviously we had to play. Football. I was in digs with Barry Fry, who's now the Manchester, the manager of Birmingham. And anyone who knows football will know Barry, like he's spivvy and crazy. Right. You know, we were in digs together for four years. And but did that? How did that affect you in helping you to break out of your shyness and your lessons with women and all that? Because you were coming of age at that point. You were what? 15, Fifteen. Well, yeah. The girls of Manchester um, were certainly. If you played for Manchester United, oh, you were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was loads of girls, but it didn't do me any good because. Uh, I was much too shy and gentle. Even then, no. But it, yeah, yeah. I thought that would have given you such a boost of confidence. No, to have no, I didn't. I didn't. You know, to have progressed up from St. Yeah. Morris through the club and then up to getting yeah. a, what a dream. Ah, but you feel very vulnerable when you're. You see, well, so this age. is the mistake I think people make. We weren't precocious. I wasn't a precocious kid. That's really it. No matter what you accomplished, there's a personal precociousness oh. that um, I think certain young people have that uh, I think it's quite rare. I think most people are confused in that adolescent period, regardless as if they're, um, you know, doing well in their sport or doing well in, in, in other things. I don't think that the, that uh, being a schoolboy international soccer player, which was a great thing, yeah. going to Manchester United, which was like a dream, but it wouldn't in any way help you with the other things, like girls or 
But if there were Manchester United boots, you surely would know. Yeah, I did, but not as sort of. I never. I always kind of had a. A kind of. I did avail. A little bit, but you know, just a little. You didn't go wild. It wasn't like kind of finally set free and confident and all this stuff. Was no, it? I was certainly wasn't confident. I never go confident with women until I was my thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do what uh, you said best did, which is drink to beat the shyness, to hide the shyness? No, I didn't. Mask it. No, didn't no I was never drinking. No. Alright. Uh, neither was George in the first two years. And George yeah. never good friends. I took George to his first dance. I remember there was a girl who was my landlady's daughter. Chrissy, her name was. And um, she was going out with a fella called Huey Curran, who anyone from the soccer pedigree here might remember. He was playing, he was, went to Manchester United, but they let him go, and he went to play for the club in Scotland. So I immediately started two-tying with Chrissy, And they were engaged. And oh, right. uh, she used to go to the phone box. You never broke the cinema habit, did you? No. <laughs> she, that's right, furtive. <laughs> this honest man of conviction. Don't sit in front of him in a cinema, no, even today. That's right. But uh, we used to, she used to go to the phone box to phone Huey in Scotland, or he'd be phoning her, and we'd be necking in the phone box while we're waiting for the call. Anyway, when George came over a year after me, George was terribly shy, very quiet, um, but much more self-possessed than I was, behind the shyness. And uh, the first week he was over, he was like a lost soul, maybe the first few weeks. And uh, he was on his own in Dinks just across the road from us. So I said to him on the Friday, or on Saturday after we played our match, he played in the, in the A-team or whatever, I said, do you want to come out tonight? I'm going to the plaza, which was a big deal, the, the big happening place in town. And uh, he said, yeah, great. So I said, we'll go. I'm going with Christy. Will you come, you know? So... George got himself, and George is dainty little fella. I don't know if you've got me a book. There's a great picture of George when he first came. Like right. he was, like this, sort of pretty little guy, right. very neat, talcum powder, the hair slicked down, you know. And he he was um, he was a cool lad, George. He was a shy but just cool. And, and so we went to the dance, and uh, she and I were into each other big time. But I I knew she wasn't I wasn't serious about right. her. Uh, Did she know? Yeah, she wasn't serious about me. Right. English girls are right. much older than us. Like, girl, right. she, she was 17, going on 107, right. you know. <laughs> anyway, George sat with us all night, and we were all drinking Coke. Yeah. And I was 16, he was 15, or 15 and a half. And she was, we were all drinking Coke. So he sat there very quiet all night, and I said, why don't you go to have a dance? No, he said, there's loads of look, I said, it's all over the place. So I said to Chrissy, we were out dancing. I said, now look, do me a favour, will you? Have a few dancing. This is true. So I said, my life, my children's life. She said, no fucking way. She was a dog. I said, no way. I said, come on. She said, no way. And she fucking wouldn't. And I remember cut to about three years. Why wouldn't she? What was wrong with him? Nah, he was a boring to her. Okay, all right. Right? And she yeah. was in there. And about three years afterwards, she had a handful anyway. But about three years afterwards, um, George was now a fucking superstar. Right. He's eighteen, right. and he was the most desired man in England. Yeah. And Huey <laughs> had gone to Wolves, and she'd married him. And I was writing me annuals, the soccer annuals. Yeah. Uh, it must be three years on top of it. Three years later, five, seven, eight years later, 
I remember going to Huey's house to interview him. And I said to Chris, I said, did you ever regret that? I said, oh, fucking hell, did I regret it? It was unbelievable. Like, she was the woman who turned him down. And she wouldn't even have a dance with him, poor old George. But, like, we were kind of innocent abroad. Manchester was full of, um, you know, yeah, full of willing girls. Yeah, but innocence abroad, you also give that story about everyone being called out to be profit. That was innocent in, about that? That was uh, five years afterwards. Well, was I mean, it? Okay. It was in, I was 20 then. It was when I played the first match of Ireland. That was all the guys. I mean, that was they were the senior players in the Irish team who organised that. Uh, the captain, like, and senior players. Was that the norm or was that a wild exception? No, it was a wild exception. Was it really? I think so, yeah. I, I never experienced it, never before a match before. This was two nights before the fucking match. match. Well, after a match? After a match, yeah. Be tense and relax. Yeah, after a match on a couple of occasions. Eastern Europe, in Spain, I remember. Brothel expeditions. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Is it a dominant pattern now? Is it I wouldn't have thought no. so, no. I, I mean, they were very, very rare. Were they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I only remember being once in a brothel. Was it the case that the, the, mm. the Irish left out of the Catholic country going mad or would it happen to all teams travelling anywhere? Um, I think there was a lot of the Irish. I mean, the officials were worse. You know? They were brothel creepers. I mean, they were there all the time. Right. First thing they did when they got into town, where's the gig? Right. <laughs> uh, but we weren't. I mean, we were young guys. Mostly we could look after that side of things if we you wanted to. to. No. The point about the, the, trip, the thing in Paris was we didn't go to a brothel to sleep. We went to get an exhibition organized between two girls. All right. We were we couldn't oh, right. we couldn't do it as it happened a couple of the guys uh, weakened during the process right. but we were all sitting around this room all right watching a show a show all right all right uh, were you forbidden to participate was this you told you coming along but you can't get oh out? no no we just we we had a general there was a general understanding that you know you didn't have sex uh, for at least twenty four hours and forty eight hours before a match that was it all right. Okay. And no one would want to have been seen to be. But there was weak management, there was weak officials. We knew the FIR had sold the match to Sp to the Spanish as well. You knew that in advance? Yes. All right. That we shouldn't be playing this match here, we should be playing it at Highbury. Right. Or as right. a, like the Anfield thing. Yeah. Imagine if Ireland had said, well, we won't play here, we'll play in, um, in Brussels. Right. All before the Dutch people. So we knew that the odds were against it. But I was only a child. I mean, I went, eight guys went. John Giles went to bed, I remember that. I'm John. Well, no, it was, it was five or six. It was a party of maybe 16. All right. But eight guys went, and most of them were senior guys, and some were very famous guys. And do you want to come along? So, why not? Right. You know, curiosity. I'd never been to the Follies, Berger. I'd never right. been that, that place. The brothel wasn't part of that, though, was it? Who? The brothel wasn't part of that. that was yeah, no, well, we went out. Oh, okay. We went out, first of all, to see... The red light district, right. Montmartre, uh, the the Follies, and all of that. Right. And then we saw all these women in mock mink coats walking down the street with poodles. Right. It was just a right. show. Right. And then all of a sudden, some dame came up and said, uh, "You Irish? <laughs> you like uh, so We said, "How much have we got?" And right. We clubbed together, and we this is for a show, right. an exhibition. All right, right. And uh, I mean, Jesus, it's nineteen sixty-five, Joe. I mean, you're talking about... But that must have blown the cobwebs off your mind to a degree. Or were you already experienced enough, I suppose? You've been away I mean, since 15. I You've been away since 16. You knew nothing. All right. No. We were totally innocent. Yeah. I mean, we were like children going into that area. Even the older guys like, were like children. They're hardened uh, fellas in certain ways, but 
hardened professional sportsmen. Uh, but hardened professional sportsmen are often, in the, were often in those days anyway, extremely naive about, right. uh, unworldly, should we say, yeah, about yeah. those things. Is it a habit that persisted in your life, you little brothel creeper? Jesus, I know I'm finished. <laughs> I'm fucking mad, <laughs> dogs, excuse me. <laughs> mad escapades that was a total disaster and one or two of the guys got involved you know and um it was like it was seedy well you know I, when you see when you see um funnily enough in the, in the french thing it was like these two sort of dames who were you know the lesbian king yeah right and it was kind of and the boys enjoyed that it was fun Right. Like it wasn't even serious sex. I know that kind of thing can be serious sex. Like yeah. it's a serious. T- it couldn't, in any way, it wasn't sex. It was the most unsexy thing. Really? Ah, it was All a right. fucking joke. So we were laughing and fucking joking, and right. I robbed the money back, and we split the money, and it was awful stuff. It was madness. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't erotic. It not in the slightest. Like not at all. It seems to be the fantasy of about. Oh uh, yeah, no, I, I think there is. Of course, I understand that about. I mean, the serious woman to woman. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a serious thing, and uh, I've had that T-shirt on on a, on a couple of occasions. Right. But in this my adult life, no, nah, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't even. It wasn't erotic, and it wasn't even exploitative. Right. These were these girls had forgotten more than we were ever going to know right. yeah, yeah. about mug tourists rambling around the streets. Now the other thing, the second time I was. In, in that situation with players was actually uh, it, you could see the madam and it was wrong and it was immediately obviously wrong right. and when we went to Eastern Europe there was an awful lot of prostitution in the hotels girls they weren't prostitutes they were girls trying to get some some dollars yeah. it was yeah. horrible and uh, which was fine well, with your awakening political awareness did you have um, well I've got in conflict with your kind of no I've got desires? a very I've got a no I, I did I, I've got a very strong belief in women, and I think the women I've worked with will confirm it. Ortega or anyone like that, wherever I, the people I work with now, I, I, I strongly uh, hold the view that that um, women should be respected. I do respect them, but they shouldn't be um, objects of any innuendo, any stuff. And I held that long before it was. Great to do so. I respect them, and even when I'm out at night, I, fun, fun, fun. Know what I mean? Fun, fun, fun. You're a bit of a veteran. Come on, I've seen you. We've shared the same glances across the same. Yeah, but no, I know, but no, I'm nice. Are you not? Okay. I mean, you, you do ask. Well, you ask the girls and Joyce before you do this to confirm it. All right. You ask Carol, or you ask Valerie Rowe, you ask Jane, Jean. Jean. Right. In all of those years and all of those clubs. Uh, I've never left that now. Maybe once. Would you go on with the laddish behaviour with Jazam and I'll have to get a ride? Nah. <laughs> never. You ask women. Women hate right. women. You ask those women. Because no, but, you can verify I, it yourself. No, yeah. I no, don't. You say that in my company as a kind of... Ah, uh, yeah, line. yeah, the you joke know, thing. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. I can't go a hole anymore. Yeah. I'm old and all that stuff. But it's a mess. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, but that could be for people who don't know. Oh, yeah, Have but I don't care. a situation where a woman's really feeling you're sexist? They know me. Well, you ask oh, them. Right. If you can find a woman okay. in this town, oh. and if you can find, I mean, one. Okay. And you know, we, well, we have a lot of common yeah. acquaintances. Yeah. yeah. I always look after girls. I have to give them that money. I always give them that dignity. There's never any of that stuff. And I hope they'll confirm that. I mean, but of course I'm a messer. Right. I'm always joking and the da 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 That night, even the last time I saw you, was Ken Doherty with me? I'm not sure. I, I think the last time I saw you in the list, Ken. Around, yeah. um, no, I don't. I fixed Ken up. I fixed Ken up. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what, what about that situation where you say you, you wore the t-shirt for watching two women? Was that exploitative? No, I wasn't watching them. I wasn't watching them. You were them. with them? I was with them. And they were willing completely? Oh, parts. absolutely. There was no exploitation involved? None at all. They were... They were you. No, I, I met them in Joyce. All right. Okay. It was all a right. common... So, but can you honestly say, looking back in your life, that there was not a situation where you exploited a woman? I don't even mean sexual. I mean in any sense. You, you, we can't all be saints. We can't all. Have been I'm so not a saint. Correct. I mean, I'm not a saint um, at all. An abusive situation, maybe when you were no. too young to know. No. Well, like you'd have to be. A, well, you'd have to be a complete bollocks to say yes to that. Yeah. To say you never did it. Right. I'd have to think about it. But well, even um, like the Manchester girls you mentioned earlier. No, I mean I, I actually wasn't able to um, do that. I actually. I'll go through it all the way. No, I always felt that that kind of sex was unsatisfactory. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I tend, I have got good friends and have had them over the years, women who are... who. I think sex has got to be a mutual thing. Whatever the deal is, it's got to be two parties to it. In other words, you meet a girl who's, say, promiscuous, uh, and she wants the thing, it's a deal. You meet someone who has a different approach to it, yeah, there has to be a compatibility oh. of a mutuality there for the thing to be really, the you know, to to feel good about it afterwards and a good about it at the time and to go on with that. Um, I guess I know that you know that more the older you get. Um, but my inclinations always were, I think, sound. Um, although I couldn't identify why, I never really got a buzz out of it. See, I don't like power, Joe. A lot of sex is power. Sure, yeah. And, uh, hey, Tim. That's the great Joe Jackson. That's my son, Tim. Pleased to meet you. Thank you very much. Does he look like a victim <laughs> <laughs> of a savage? Thanks, Tim. Um, well, that's, that's Sartre's belief that sex is power, that it's a whole power game. Yeah, well, this I don't... That's where we define... You know, I, 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 the real battle. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't like Sartre, although I read him. All right. And uh, I prefer Camus, who right. was an opponent of his in yeah. many of, in the end. Um, I don't like power. I think power corrupts everybody. And therefore, I've never liked relationships that depended on power. And I've never even liked, I've never can honestly say I've never gone to bed with a woman who didn't make the first move. Really? Yeah. Right. Ever. And that's a residue of my childhood. Yeah, but it's part residue in relation to the shyness? Or yeah. Just... But no, it's, it, it's, it began as the shyness. Okay. But as an adult, I've never really um, believed. I believe there's, there's that 
the only great sex experience is the love sex experience. Right. I believe all the other things can, there's a dark side to you. They can feed that dark side. They can uh, gratify it. Uh, and I've spent my whole life and I'm continuing to spend my whole life trying to go back to my childhood and to keep my spirit clean and childish. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And don't forget that my ebook, Conversations with a Loudmouth, is available from all ebook outlets. And if you want to access the full tapes, contact me via my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com.